Welcome back to the show, Clarence Mason Weaver. How are you, brother? I am doing great, Pastor. How are you doing? I am rolling, Clarence. And you know what, man? We both down here in Florida now and yes, loving sir. it. Yes, sir. <laughs> Absolutely. Paradise. It it really is. It really is. Uh, Mason, tell us this. Tell us this. What is happening in the minds of people like the the uh, uh, D.C. mayor and also the Chicago mayor Lightfoot? Uh, What what is that all about? Uh, You know, you and I understand it, but maybe the audience doesn't talk to us. You know, evil loves to be evil. Evil is not ignorant. Evil is not unaware that it's evil. Evil enjoys evil because it gives them temporary, earthly pleasures and power. Uh, so these people are trying to, to destroy a culture of success because they belong to the culture of failure. They belong to the culture of strife and poverty and dependency. So everywhere you see them, everywhere you see democratic control, you see poverty and drugs and gangs and no jobs and dependent people. That's what they are. They're poverty pimps. So we have to recognize if you if you follow the, the philosophy, doesn't matter what they say. I have two granddaughters, Pastor Lee, 16 and 18 years old. They're beautiful young ladies, and they're not interested in these creatures called boys. <laughs> Bless I'm your heart. <laughs> I've met those folks. I have met these two young ladies. They are absolutely <laughs> impressive. They really are. So my my word to them is judge a man by what he does not by what he says because he lies to you to lie with you he lies to you to to to, to paint an image in your mind democrats are seduction people they will give you an image to follow like satan did eve look at the fruit it makes you wise it makes you good it's nice for you and when eve saw it she sinned because she thought it would make her wise and cute so these democratic leaders only bring poverty. Every place, everywhere you see black people under Democrat control, you see poverty, drugs, and gangs. Every shooting of a black person you saw the riots for last year came in Democrat districts. They controlled every ghetto in America. How much more do we have to see to know how evil they are? And how much more, Americans? That's the question that Clarence Mason Weaver is asking you. How much more do you have to see? To, to, to understand how evil they are. You got babies in the streets of Chicago being murdered. I'm talking about black babies who black folks in Chicago, or at least the, the black liberals claim to care so much about. The white ones too. The white liberals claim to care a lot about black babies, but they're not saying anything about the ones being murdered. How Mason is asking you a question. How much more of this are you willing to take, Mason? How much more do you think they're going to take, man? How much more do you think they're going to take? Until we get enough. Once again, look, I just mentioned it. Look at what they say. They say we love you, we hate you, we help you, we will support you. But look at what they do. Your babies are dying in the streets. Your children are dying in the streets. And those who survive go to these gang prep schools, graduated, unable to compete in America over and over and over again. If you look at what they do and not what they say, You'd be able to judge what they are. From the time that you and I met, uh, Mason, uh, back in 2009, and folks, let me set the stage for you. It was uh, a march on Washington, D.C., perhaps the largest that has ever been on Washington, D.C. There were one by Freedom Works and, of course, the police stats that we received from uh, the D.C. police officer. There were 1.5 million 
people there, Mason Weaver and myself, yep. uh, both got a chance to speak to that. When we talk about an august crowd, we're talking about an august yes, crowd. Uh, that's that's what that was. But Mason, what has happened between 2009 when, you know, we were Tea Partiers. We're proud to be Tea Partiers then. Mason and I are proud to be grassroots conservative and Tea Partiers now. Uh, but what has happened? Something has shifted, man. What has shifted in this country that has led us to this point? Talk to us. You know, I had a conversation with uh, a member of the press this morning. And he, he, I asked him, who was he? He's, he's the liberal. Uh, and he said, I want to talk to you about why so many black people are supporting Trump. Why so many black people are supporting Trump? I said, the, the same reason so many white people are supporting Trump. <laughs> See, you, don't, you think it's a black thing. 73% of black people live in middle class. That's right. We're, we're not in poverty. So that means 73% of black people have a job got a 401k, they see the price of gas going up, they see the jobs being, being jeopardized overseas, they they got their kids they want to go to college with, they're trying to pay their mortgage off, and it's called capitalism. And we are succeeding because we are engaged in this new process now. And that's what happened. We are now engaged. But the problem, Pastor, is that now that we're engaged, we have to also now fight back. We have to also show up. Uh, I was thinking about, you made me think about this uh, in, in, in your um, uh, comments there. You know, is it true? Is it true? And I want you to expand on this. Is it true that uh, socialism itself cannot exist without the host, without being a parasite, I should say, on the back of capitalism and the free market? Can, can socialism even exist? Well, look at socialists and communist nations. Where, where are the Russian cars? Where, where are the... Well, what's it? You got you got these folks in Venezuela. Where, where is their computer program they produce? Socialism does not produce anything unless they're doing it under slave labor for the for the capitalist countries like China. Before we start, before Nixon to open up China for trade, they already could produce was rice because it doesn't give the incentive initiative for any human to be productive. It doesn't give you a thrill to get up in the morning with an opportunity to make work for yourself. So therefore, you can be the best bricklayer on the team, but you you can be the fastest bricklayer on the team, but you get the same pay as the worst. So you might as well come on in and be the worst. It doesn't incentivize any success. You never see a socialist nation where the nation could feed itself because there's no incentive to be successful in anything. You know, Mason, uh, you we believe. I don't know if you know this. But you're famous for, for saying saying these words. And I trumpet these words, and, and folks, whenever you hear me say these words, I, I give Mason the credit. Well, you know how it goes, Mason. The first five or six times you say, Mason Weaver yeah. said, and then yeah. all of a sudden. <laughs> 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 that speech we met in Washington, D.C., you are the only person I do not ever want to follow in a speech. Bless you. God Maybe you and Alan, Alan Keyes, but, but that's it. That's it. Nobody else. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Uh, but, but, but Mason, you said this. You're famous for this. Um, you said, uh, to, well, several, several quotes are, are, are immortalized that you made in this film. But you said this, and I want you to expound upon what, what you meant by it. You said that uh, it, it, you didn't mind if your neighbor was a Klansman as long as you 
could be who you are. And as long as you go down to the end of, we were standing on uh, the pier in Oceanside. We were in Oceanside, California, and uh, we were filming filming this this scene there. And you said as long as you could walk down the end of that pier and buy you a sandwich, yep. any, anybody could be whoever they wanted to be. In, in this, talk talk to us about that because that that's a that's an idea that's a principle that is an American idea that people don't really understand. Talk to us about it. You see, the the civil rights movement was a civil right. That's a legal right. Uh, I could not go and buy a sandwich because of a legal restriction on me, not because a guy did not like me. So if if you once we remove the civil limitations on me, I can care less if my neighbor did not like me or not. He did not like me. We demonstrated, you know, Clarence Henderson sat in the lunch counter in Woolworths not to get a sandwich. He was sitting there for the right to own a Woolworths so that we could do our thing. So my neighbor could be a Klansman. He just cannot come in my yard and burn a cross. I, I don't care. He has a right to be a racist. He has a right to be a, he has a right to hate me. But civilly, uh, we have to get along together. I, I remember one day a good brother come out of Walmart. There was a big argument at the end of the, of the shopping uh, of the uh, aisle uh, in the park cars. This, this older man, white man, was arguing with a young man. He was all eminent. As I got closer to them, he saw me as an ally. He said, look at this guy. Look at this guy. And I looked at the guy. He had a little Volkswagen full of Klan and racist bumper stickers and a Confederate flag on it and all this stuff. And, and he was obviously a hardcore believing racist. And the guy said, don't you, do you believe this? Do you believe this guy? I said, man, where you from? Accent, where you from? He said, Argentina. I said, welcome to America, dude. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> this guy, I'm not afraid that this dude can be what he wants to be. Gee whiz, if he can't be who he is, I can't be who I am. If there's a law on him not expressing himself, there'll be a law on me not expressing myself. And that is exactly the I, the American principle that has made our nation great. And this guy from uh, out of out of out of the country visiting here, trying to live here or whatever, he did not understand that principle, my fellow Americans. And that is the most important thing for us to understand as Americans is that you can be whoever you want to be. So that leads us to this, Mason. We only got about five minutes left in this segment, but I want you to stay with me if you can uh, through the break. Mason, we're seeing a censorship going on. In fact, my Instagram account was tagged. uh, A post that I made on Instagram uh, this morning was tagged as having partially false information uh, in it. oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. And, and, and so who is this 20-year-old somebody sitting in their parents' house or in their basement somewhere censoring American speech? How have we let this happen? What, how, can, how have we gotten to this point? Four, four minutes, uh, uh, Mason. We have, we have the ability to recognize evil, and we try to convert it. God says to praise him, raise him up. We spend too much time trying to convince people that they're foolish. And we're supposed to be convincing them of Jesus Christ. So they censor us because they think that we're so weak, we have to be told and protected from each other. So you can't say these words. You can't do these things. They're constantly telling us this. And we are created by God Almighty. And therefore, every square ground that we stand on is free ground. So that's, I mean, we can't even argue about whether a grown man can go to a girl's bathroom in high school now. We can't argue that. We, we got grown people changing genders. We got grown men thinking they have periods, and nobody's laughing at them. Nobody—it's it, illegal to even criticize them on that point. 
Wow. We have to get enough. If we do, we're going to keep getting this. If we don't get enough of it, we're going to keep getting it. Clarence yep. Mason Weaver, another quote worth repeating. If we don't let them know, folks, that we've had enough. We've had enough of it. If you don't do it, you're going to get more of it. And, hey, you better understand this. You get more of what you, uh, you know, applaud. And evidently, yeah, your right. silence applauds it. Yeah, right. It really I, I, do, I do counseling for relationship. I tell the husband and wife, you get what you praise, not what you criticize. Amen. Amen to that. And let, let, me, let me ask you this. Uh, Mason Weaver is my special guest, uh, author of the book, It's Okay to Leave the Plantation. Mason, tell our audience in this two minutes that we have left in this segment, stay with me through the break, about your other works that you have out there and what you're up to right now. Talk to us. I have 12 books out over 25 years of writing books, and they're political, social, economical, and spiritual. Uh, you can find them on my website, ClarenceAmission.com or MasonWeaver.com. Uh, the latest book, in honor of my deceased wife, is Raunchy Secrets Only Wives Should Know. <laughs> we're trying to build up marriage here, folks. And we got to have a conversation about love. Because love brings the man and woman together. And men and women together bring other men and women like themselves called a the community. And communities of men and women do what this God way is called a nation. And we cannot take it back our nation until men and women start respecting each other, understanding each other, and satisfying each other. Raunchy secrets only wives should know. You know what, Larry, uh, you and I, Larry, Mason, you and I have had this conversation um, before. We both now, all of you know, are, are widowers, uh, and uh, we were in, in long-term marriages. <clears throat> but this is what I want to ask you. Um, what has changed? And maybe we, we need to save the answer for this to the other side of the break, running up against uh, a short break coming up here, hard break coming up here, but it's it's, it's short. Um Women, from the time that you and I first met our, our now deceased wives up until this point, have indeed changed. Uh, hey, man. Yeah. Is, is, <laughs> is the relationship, though, is, is there still that desire, that need for the same kind of relationship? Has the man-woman relationship changed? Uh, what's happened in the shifting of the role? We're going to talk to Mason Weaver, Clarence Mason Weaver about that when we return you don't want to go anywhere because we want to dig into this relationship thing because the definitions of that hey the definitions of that folks it's changing in this country your young people your young men and women they're not going to be the young men and women that you were oh no they view their sexuality even differently they certainly do and uh, there are things that you know weren't uh, you know Hey, it was it was taken for granted that man was a man and woman was a woman. That's up for debate yeah. these days. I'll be it's back with with Clarence pressure. Mason Weaver when I return. Don't you go anywhere. I'm CL coast to coast, border to border, over Red State, Red State Talk Radio, and we are the largest talk platform. In the nation, download free Red State Talk. Download the free C.L. Bryant Show app free as well. If you're traveling through Times Square, look up above uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not. And there the C.L. Bryant Show pops up on the big board 24-7. Be right back.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities. that You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Coast to coast, border to border, the C.L. Bryant Show is on the air, and I'm on the air with my good friend, Clarence Mason Weaver. Man, it is hard to believe that we've been up and down this trail together uh, now for over 12 years, Mason, 12 years. Years and uh, even though both of us folks, you see us, uh, you never believe that we have the time on us that we got on us. But we both look good, and uh, we both look good and and feel great. And we thank God for being American. Full disclosure: both of us are uh, black men in America who happen to uh, vote uh, Republican most of the time, if not all the time. And we are conservatives in our views, unashamedly. Christian, help me welcome back to the show, uh, author of uh, the book. Uh, and I got to tell you something: he, he is he is he is prolific as an author. His latest is one that deals with relationship. But he is the author of the book. It's okay to leave the plantation. But he has written a relationship book. Now we're going to talk a little bit more about it because Mason, as we were saying before we left relationship is still desired, is still needed, is the first thing that God ever created and given to man was relationship as far as human relationships. Man, it wasn't good for the man to be alone. He gave him a woman. It's always good for a man to have a, a woman uh, with him. But Mason, is is that is that so? I mean, is, is, are people embracing that anymore? Talk to, talk to us from your perspective, the author of those secrets that only men and women should know. Talk to us. <laughs> you know, Pastor, if God said it's not good for the man to be alone, I have news for you. It's not good for Amen. the man to be alone. Amen. And so the reason why we have so much trouble in our relationships it's because God put us together for our good. And Satan hates good. So therefore, he comes against every promise of God. And the first thing God gave man was a woman for his own good. And Satan does not want good men. He does not want men doing good. So he comes against that marriage. It takes a great dynamic spirit to make a man not want a woman. It takes a great dynamic effort to get a woman to not want a man. I'm, I've been, I've been, I'm dating now for the first time in 50 years. What happened to you women? I'm hearing, I don't need no man. Are you fooling yourself? Are you fooling? Are you, are you crazy? Of course you need a man, and a man needs a woman. And these women nowadays, are, I don't know why, I'm not blaming women, because only a king can lose his kingdom. So men owe women an apology. We need to stop taking him in our arms and say we're sorry. We're sorry to play in the game with you. We're sorry for, for not protecting you. 
We start from taking the easy road out with you. And we're going to set up now and be the men, the king that God made us. We're going to find a woman to support us in our kingdom. And we're going to start pushing back on this. Can you imagine what kind of force it takes to make these young men now think they have periods? Wow. They believe they, believe they, 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 they are pregnant. You got men thinking they're pregnant. What kind of dynamic force does it take to make a man not know what male parts he has? Wow. That is heavy dynamic. Wow. And you know what? You know what, Mason? Mason, you have hit the nail on the head because that type of twisted thinking, because that's exactly what it, now, now, now we, we could be called to the carpet for calling it twisted in this, in this uh, speech police. (laughs) But where, where do we allow the speech police to come in so strong? They've always been around, but uh, how is it they, they have gained such momentum and strength, Mason Weaver? The first thing they had to do to get us to believe this tolerance. Be tolerant. Be open-minded. Uh, your opinion is just as good as my opinion. And to do that, you're being whispered. God said, God said, God said. Therefore, I'm going to have to hurt your feelings or hurt God's feelings. And so we became tolerant and open-minded and allowed them the roots to start telling us what was fair and what was wrong. They tell you what you can and cannot say. You must use the gender identification that these clowns are using. You, you, so we are, we're tolerant, brother, and we sit back and, and see the reason they're so effective is that all of us on this planet have seen evil. We've seen evil work. So that the impressions to try to change evil, make evil better, make evil leave you alone, instead of bringing the power of God to bear, we try to appease the evil. The, the abusive woman tries to please her husband. The prostitute tries to please the pimp because they see the evil. Very few of us have seen the power of God because we as Christians are not presenting the power of God. We're not showing up in, in the workplaces and the political arena. We're not showing up. We're, we're too afraid in the pulpit to mention politics because we may lose our 401k program. We may lose our 501c. So until Christians start showing the power of God, the power of evil will always prevail because people see evil every day. They don't see God. Wow. And so when the light is not there, Mason, to cast out darkness, uh, yep. then darkness does, in fact, remain. It prevails. It, it, so are we facing, when we look at the, the darkness in the streets of uh, America today, uh, the hypocrisy of these, uh, what they call runaway Texas legislators who six of them now have uh, uh, come down with with COVID as far as 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 that's concerned. But Scott Adams, who is the president of Red State uh, Talk Radio, the platform, I was talking to him earlier today, Mason, and he says, isn't it convenient that every time we begin to put COVID in the rearview mirror, there's always something and somebody who wants to bring it back to center stage. Why is it such convenience to have COVID on center stage, Mason Weaver. They they control us by fear. They always bring up the fear thing. And they don't want to think. They do not want you to think. If you believe the figures, I don't believe the figures, but if you believe the figures that 700,000 people have died in America with COVID virus, I compare that to something. How about the 360,000 folks living here? I mean, million, 360 million people who live here. You got 700,000 that died. If you believe the statistics, so it's fear, it's fear. And, and so, Reverend, what they, they can only control us out of fear. 
That's all they ever preach. All they ever teach is fear. Shifting we gears. are not being godly. We are. We, we think that God is a plaything that we use. We bring out the cabinet and use it when there's a nail is loose, we nail, nail the hell in. But now you have these these liberals. Everywhere you look, you see panic and fear portrayed to us about everything we do. It's always against each other. I go to a store. White folks look at me. You go steal. I go to a bar. White people look at me because they have heard that I'm mean. I've heard that they're mean. And so we don't talk. And as soon as I start talking to them, we find out that we have more in common than we have in disagreement with. It happens every time. It happens every time. Mason, you and I have had the privilege of uh, actually building bridges and crossing back and forth over color barriers and all that type of thing uh, for many years. And um, it it never fails uh, when I sit down and talk with somebody who you think you have nothing in common with simply by the color of their skin. You find out you have so much more in common than you do uh, that as a part. But there's 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 something being taught to our young people, Mason, that uh, you can't trust a person because of a certain color. Now, I must admit there was a time in my life when I was president of an organization, NAACP. They didn't necessarily believe that, but there were many in the organization who did believe that, and uh, that for some reason uh, black, uh, white folks were inherently evil. But, but, but Mason, let me, let, me, let me ask you this. Uh, from one blood, of course, God created us all to dwell here on the face of the earth. Now, my favorite time rolls around almost every four years, uh, and it's called the Olympics. I love competition, sports competition. I love it. Mason, when I see a young American athlete, you give us your take on it, turn their back on the very flag that they are representing in an international competition. What... Where does the common, where does the the, the the justification, the logic for doing that type thing, I, I can't see how anyone could justify that to themselves. Help us with that. Uh, they do that so that you and I could be talking about them right now. Oh, We would not be talking about them right now. They're famous in their own group. They're, they got notoriety in their own group. Uh, it discusses us. But in their little group of friends, they are heroes now. Uh, they are now protesting great evil America. They have to believe the lie, not only about our country, they have to believe the lie about themselves. What I don't understand, Pastor, is how can you be at the very top of the game, the very top, uh, with everybody competing against you, every race, every income level, and you become the number one person in America at this sport, and you still think there's prejudice in America. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. <laughs> When when the Chinese wish they had your position, thank you. Yeah, yeah, you know the Russian, the Nigerian, the Nigerian would he, the Nigerian would gladly bump you off for that position. <laughs> you you complain about America. America owe you something. Fool, you're the best in the world. What you're doing because of American training, ingenuity, and food and our culture, and you can complain about America. That makes you a certified fool. I, I agree, Mason. I agree with the well, you said with the certificate. <laughs> With the certificate. Certified fool. Okay. Hey, Mason, let me ask you this then, man. I always enjoy uh, talking to you. Uh, The role of the church has been important, but uh, you and I have uh, known a tradition uh, growing up as uh, black men in this country. It's called the tradition of the black church. 
Mason, is there a failure? We talk about this sometimes, uh, you and I, uh, and I think it's time now to re- re-energize this conversation. Is there or has there been a failure? Is there a continual failure coming out of the black pulpit, particularly in the inner city? Talk to us. Oh, in the inner city? Oh, man. You're going to get me in trouble. Oh, talk, talk, man. And, and, preach. In, in city, preach up, preach. Mason is an ordained minister, so preach, preach. You, still, you yeah. do two. You <laughs> see two things in the inner city black church. You see, in general, I don't know every black pastor. Don't call me, rap me. I don't care about your opinion, what I'm going to say. You see the pimp pastor and the only women in the church being pimped. You don't see black men in the church. You don't, you don't see any praise of God. You see the collection. That's all. It's a business. So it's ineffective. If you don't have men, it's ineffective as warriors. We are supposed to be conquering. We're supposed to be conquerors. We're supposed to be taking the ground. We're supposed to be confronting the evil and the darkness. You can't do that. Women aren't made for that, and you cannot do that. So in the black churches in our community now, the only person getting rich is the pastor. There's no preaching about economics. There's no preaching about God's spirit. There's no preaching about redemption. There's no pre- There's only preaching about you giving him your dough. So you're going to show up for your dough. And so what's happening now is that in our black communities, the men have left the church because men don't take the foolishness. And women try to make things better. We're going to pray. We're going to work hard. And I'm sorry, ladies, you're not equipped for that. And somebody got to tell you, you're not equipped for that. You're not going to make that work. You're not going to change this world. You don't change the world. You give birth to the world, but we change the world. And somebody got to stop and say, it's time for men to get back to worshiping God. But the first thing we got to do is get rid of these safe to unsafe pastors in our pulpits. Wow. Wow. So the watchman of the family is the male. And the right. male has abandoned his duty of watching the pastor who is pastoring his female. Is that what yes, you're saying? Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes, sir. And, they, and they're destroying that family and that relationship because God did not make that woman to be a good choir director. He didn't, he didn't make that woman to be a good sister to the pastor. He didn't make her to be an usher, but he made you to be a wife. That's your primary purpose. And if you're not a wife and a mother first, you're nothing last. Wow. Mason, you're going to get in huge trouble for that. But I know that you don't shy away from that type of fight. And and one of the reasons why I love to have you on this show is because you bring to the airwaves uh, things that uh, many times are very, very provocative. And that, my friend, was I know that that got the attention of many, many out there in the in the audience today. Get the book. Mason, tell us where we can get your work. Well, when this program is over, Pastor, I have to decide if I please man or please God. Uh, you can get that book, Rocky Secrets, Only Wives Should Know, at GodCommandsSex.com. Okay. That is where that book is found. It's set aside for everything else that I do because it is an adult book to females who are married and don't understand what's going on in marriage with that dude, that, that king, that man, that a very aggressive guy that you're with. Because uh, I've seen, and the first time in 50 years, I'm seeing a tragedy. It's, it's, it's tearing up the black community. It's destroying one whole race. It's affecting everybody. Men have to start taking these ladies in their arms. And gentlemen, if you put your hand on her, if you, if you got your arms around her, she cannot argue with you. She cannot say no to you. She cannot debate you if you got your arms around her. She got to push away to holler at you. Hold that woman, love that woman, and your family for generations will be blessed for it. 
How about those kids? You got to love the kids too, right? You got to. If you love the woman, you got to love the kids. But but God made that woman because it was not good for us to be alone. Look, brother, you, you got two aggressive men. You got the gang members, you got the cops. They're both very aggressive. But gang members tend to be single men and cops tend to be married men. Look at the gang neighborhood and look at the cops neighborhood. Who is safer? Whose kids are safer? Whose women are safer? Married men destroy the community. I mean, unmarried men destroy the community. Married men always build up the community. And we need married men. Wow. Mason, uh, I, I, like, like I said, man, hey, listen, I'm getting, I'm getting a text uh, from a very close friend of mine who is female. And, uh, oh, man, oh, man, I'm telling you, uh, uh, she, she has that little emoji, uh, emoji there with uh, her, her, her hand over her, you know, that, that one that says, oh, my God, you know, that's what she's saying. And, uh, <laughs> hey, man, I'm telling you, you lit a fire there. And the uh, now that's Ma- Mason saying that. <laughs> I absolutely enjoy talking to you. I really do. Uh, always good to be with you. Thank you for your friendship and all of that, Mason. Thank you for the conversation. It is always provocative. And uh, God bless you and God keep you. Continue to fight the good fight that we have fought over the last uh, 12 years together after speaking to that 1.5 million there in Washington, D.C., uh, and I look forward to seeing you on the trail. And um, thank you so much for being on here with me today. 